We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Welcome, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Banana Slam Jaren Podcast, or, you know, the Monkeys and Banana Podcast, as Brax so eloquently put it before we started here. We've got Brax here, Summit 13 Monster Energy, make sure I say that correctly, online event winner. How you doing, buddy? That's cor- winner is correct. <laughs> yes. How you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm just hanging out, relaxing now. I'm actually really tired today. Like, is it an adrenaline rush or what? Uh, not quite. From what's the tired from doing all the drafting? I'm gonna let monkeys talk in a second here. He knows his place though. I just didn't have my coffee today. That's oh, it. Oh, that's that simple. Okay, okay. Monkeys, you excited to talk to Brax today? Of course, I'm always excited to talk to Brax. So you're not excited to talk to me then, or what? When have I ever been excited to talk to you? That's <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. So I just thought this was like a solid episode to be able to talk about. I'm not, we're not going to pry you for a lot of, you know, trade secrets or whatever, but just the, the experience of being a new captain on a new team in the any region, you know, having some fun competing, talk about your experience as, you know, not captaining and now doing it. So does that sound like good subjects to you or do you want me to go somewhere else with this, Brax? Yeah, we can do that, but you're going to need something else for the other 55 minutes to cover the show. Okay. No, you know, we usually, I have an, I have an outline and 
Generally, when we run out of material, I just ask monkeys about rock climbing and veganism, and we can cover oh, the rest. Oh, rock climbing's cool. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monkeys volume is too low, they said. Let me turn them up. Okay. Monkeys BSJ talk. is trying to silence me. Yeah, exactly. That is that is happening right now. Yeah, so you did just win the tournament. Your roster was Moo at the five, which, you know, may, people may be surprised about that one. We got Snaking at the four. We got you at the three, also captaining and drafting. We got Ryoya at the two and Eternal Envy at the one. So give people a little bit of background, Brax. How did this team come into fruition? So we actually were playing with uh, 1437 in the previous tournament center five position, and he's living in the Philippines. So he was playing with terrible packet loss and like 220 ping. And he was uh, he's playing Europe pubs from the Philippines, so it's even more delay. And that's how he would practice and try to get ready. And he was already on an opposite schedule anyways. But then uh, towards the end of the tournament, he said it was way too hard for him. He finally admitted it. He finally <laughs> you know, was able to, to say, you know what, guys, I just can't do this anymore. And uh, we needed to stand in last minute, and it was our last match of the tournament. And Moo was online, and he was stuck in the cesspool of NA pubs. So we were like, you know, let's save him. Let's see if he wants to play. And he somehow said yes, and he played five. And he's like, I'm not sure what to do, but I'll figure it out. And uh, that was our only series in that tournament. I think we won 2-0. So, so we that walked was... into it by complete accident. <laughs> You know, I feel like a lot of my fails as well as my moments of brilliance have also been me just falling face first, stumbling upon some randomness. So I, I can I can identify personally with that. Monkeys, you know, compared to your team fruitions in the past, how how does that line up against your experience? Uh I mean, I don't know. I feel like the majority of Dota players who, you know, understand competitive Dota, they'll I'll play whatever role or do whatever they have to do to compete again. I mean, it's kind of Dota is Dota is fairly similar between each role in my in my opinion. After like a certain point of of skill, so it's like I don't know. Moo's been competing on pretty high level teams since TI six, so I'm sure I'm sure he is capable of playing whatever role he wants to. You know. Yeah. So Kate, talking about Moo, since you bring up the fact that he kind of just moved positions to join your guys' team a bit here, I, I gotta ask. So obviously, when you're playing a new position, no matter how good the player is, maybe they'll have good game sense. Maybe they'll know, you know, what their role in the game is, whatever. But obviously, they haven't played a lot of these heroes most of the time. So my question was, I believe it was game two, maybe game three. I think game three, actually, of the finals, your best of five series. That went to the full five, guys. Great series if you missed it. Very clean Dota across every game. Would, uh, did you guys choose to retire the Moo Oracle, at least temporarily? Oh, you know, I was actually really hesitant about picking an Oracle to begin with because we played a, a previous series with Oracle in it, and he actually happened to be Dota Plus level zero. So <laughs> no Oracle games and pubs. And funny story, my Chen is actually Dota Plus level zero, and I've probably played it like six times between scrims and like three or four times in matches, but I haven't played a, a Chen pub in like five or six years or something. But... uh Actually, you know, I, I trust myself. I, I've, I've played Dota 1. I've played all the heroes at some point, so I trust myself to do that. Moo, though, he he was watching some Insania guys. Insania had some Oracle uh, Gamer Z-Class or some, some shit like that. I don't know exactly what it's called. 
But he looked up uh, an, an Insania guide real quick right before the game, and he's like, I got this. I'm ready to go. And maybe he needs another guide or two before he's ready for the next time. <laughs> Just one or two. It's funny yeah. because uh, you guys were picking him on dying a lot. You know, a lot of these, like, up-in-your-face five-position heroes. And there was one point where you guys were smoked, I think, and the way he, as Oracle, he led the smoke. Oh, no, I know And he walked about. to high ground. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Moo is cosplaying on dying right now. And he just <laughs> died, like, right at the start of the fight. The worst part Oracle. is I said, the worst part is I said, give me the ward. I'm going first. And he, he was about to do it. Like, you can see his hero walking towards you. Then he was like, eh, never mind. I got it. Don't worry. And he walks up and just <laughs> dies instantly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst in dota when you just like i have that moment of overconfidence of just like oh yeah they're not gonna be here even though we're like 99 percent sure they're gonna be here <laughs> let's let's test that let's test the waters yeah. test the theory here <laughs> let's dip our toe and see, see how it let's is. make them prove that they're five manning on top of that hill right there <laughs> but uh i, I so I'll, I'll give my initial impressions real quick monkeys did you watch very many of the of the four fun or team zero games throughout the course of this tournament or playing uh, against I, them over your impressions. I, I, I watched most before the, uh, before the grand finals. I just haven't watched the grand finals yet, but I will be getting around to that either tonight or tomorrow. So what's your, what's your like outsider perspective as like, as a, you know, obviously another player competing in the same tournament, uh, of a roster like this. Um, uh, my main impression was basically just you guys, you guys figured out how to you you basically figured out how to death ball and take objectives like super super cleanly and like a lot faster like you played a lot faster than the majority of other teams in this region and it actually like at least for us that was like the biggest surprise factor for us because like usually when in the past when we played against you know various iterations of your team because you've probably you've had like what three iterations of like a yeah, similar lineup like list but like you guys have uh yeah you guys used to like split the map a lot and like you, you, you know it, it seemed like you used to have like different ideas kind of about what to do but in this tournament it really seemed like you all just kind of came came under one idea and <gasps> just all all did that kitty all, 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 all basically w- went about the same the, the, the same idea of dota and like you all executed it very well and I, yeah. I think it showed in your play that's when you see the eternal enemy sven come in mid lane level seven with his two <laughs> rings of regen or dude his, i yeah, said that dude that. i People like people in the Twitch chat are like, I got a few tweets about it. Like, I was flaming at some of the Eternal Envy stuff, and I'm like, guys, even if it's good, like, it has to look crazy. It has to look <laughs> completely nuts to you. I'm like watching him as a Sven with level seven, no points in Warcry, with treads. I think. I think he just had treads, and he's hitting a mid tower, and he dies. But you guys get the tower, and I'm just like. Why is there a spin hitting the mid tower? It's the psychological battle. When he's there, that's how you know we're committed. You know, we're we're all in on this tower. You're not gonna want to fight. Except it, it really is terrifying when like you actually see five heroes at your tower at like seven or eight minutes in the game. And you're just like, oh shit! What what do we like? How do we properly respond to this? Yeah, that's when you debate to like, wait, are they serious or are they gonna yeah, murder us yeah. if we come here, or do we just give it? Are, Even those are they had bluffing? Do they just want to like didn't. force CPs? You have to keep moving, and that on? makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. 
Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I, I I wanted to hear Monkey's perspective because as a caster, when we're watching the games, we obviously get like bird's eye view. So it's not as much about what we feel playing against you, but more what we see you guys doing. And I have a ton of questions, even though you said this is only going to fill four minutes of the podcast. <laughs> Did you feel like Ryoya has significantly changed his play style? based on either this team or at least recently overall because Wait, that was my impression either of you either of you as a captain you, from Brax's perspective playing against him would you, you like to go first I, I, I don't I, go ahead okay <laughs> um a lot of it play style is weird to say because it's more about like identifying your goals in the early game and I think uh, most of his priorities weren't uh, very well with how Dota is currently played in the current day and age. And um, he's obviously a very skilled laning player, and I'm sure he's received lots of flack for his gameplay outside of his laning phase. But um, he has definitely very improved in that aspect, and he thinks a lot more and actually communicates a lot more on how to get that uh, early game part of the job done because the mid laners actually have uh, really big obligations in the early game. That's mostly why you don't see these carry mid heroes, or even if you do, they don't look that good. Like uh, Magnus was extremely popular TA. at some time. Right, TA is another one. Like a big reason why you can't really afford to play these mid carry heroes is because they just have so much responsibility in the game. And so, they just won't make the same moves at all. Was that something that you had something to do with? Or do you think he's been talking to other players about this? Or like what really spurred like him wanting to change that part of his game? Because I noticed it. I always thought of him um, as like a greedy farming mid, and he was rotating all over the map. I call I called it Gunner playstyle. Like I'm like, is this the Gunner impact where Gunner gets level six and never goes back to his lane for the next ten right, minutes? Right. And uh, was that what you, I didn't let you f- answer? Is that like you, or do you think that's talking to other players? Or um, it's probably mostly envy. I definitely did have something to do with it, but envy is going to be the extreme vocal one when he's getting <laughs> dove under his tower and his mid laner has no resources or no intentions of TPing. Oh, you know, he's going to let you know how, how stupid you are in more ways than one. Yep, I've experienced <laughs> that one. <laughs> uh, so, so, Susie also, uh, or sorry, Rioya, I suppose. 747 Susie, <laughs> Rioya, any, any of the above, yeah. Um, 
he, he definitely did uh, uh like his less trackless tournament was absolutely astounding like he actually he would do so well in his lane and he would just he, he I, I remember when we played against your chen lesh in both games like it, it, it just felt like even if we were making the correct moves or whatever uh our, our map would still just close off like so fast and we would just feel like we we, we we would just feel like we were suffocating basically because like we, we just weren't able to get out on the map anymore and at, at a certain point you guys were just able to like probably by 10 20 minutes or so you guys are just so strong that literally no matter how much damage we did you were just always full health after like the first the first three engagements or whatever and we're just like all right well you know what do we do at this point you know <laughs> It's so, a whole so, combination of everything. It's the sustain, the building yeah. pressure, the the broken recall, of course, too, to help yeah. the greedy players actually find their ways into the fights instead of into the jungle. Yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely want to commend Susie for you know j j just being able to create that pressure for you guys. And and, and I mean, I I also think when uh, when a hero like Lushrak, you know, which has mostly been getting ignored in this region for the last few months or whatever. When you know a team like, or a, a team like Quincy Crew or us, if we had ended up playing you again, we definitely would have banned the Lesh or or, or the Chen. I mean, I don't know. I'm not telling you our ideas against you, <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyways, like it, it's definitely a very powerful powerful tool to have a team like Quincy Crew. You know, first ban this hero that has been mostly ignored in the region because it it opens up a lot more uh, like pathways for you guys to do the things that you want to do, right? Okay, mm -hmm. guys. I feel like, uh, oh, sorry, okay, BSJ. Yeah, I don't want to interrupt the host. No, 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 you're good. I, okay, see, that wasn't terrible. So, <laughs> I, I, I've been in shambles. So, just, just to, before we transition, you know, people on YouTube, they're not going to know what the fuck I'm talking about right now because it's just going to have skipped that part, hopefully. Where, you know, I, I came back to Arizona trying to get my life together because all my stuff's here and I got to figure out what I'm doing with all my stuff because I'm currently in bouncing between two different places. And that 10 hour of casting a day, I thought I was going to have some time off, okay? And I got back, and I was like, oh, the nice thing about coming back to Arizona as opposed to New York is that I get my own car. And my car battery's dead. So... Whoa. Well... So I just don't have a... Like, I can't... I have to keep jumping my car, and it, <laughs> it ain't working. So tomorrow I have to go repair my car, and I'm like, I just need oh. to do basic errands... And I can't do them because of my car. So you know, how long like, had it been since you started it up? Well, I, I had told Ricky to please drive it once a week. At least. Oh, oh no, Ricky! <laughs> yeah, that, that, Ricky's asleep on the job. So <laughs> just like just like Dota, guys, just like Dota, <laughs> this is not my fault. Just remember that, okay? Just remember it's that. Just another lesson where you can't trust your teammates. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe Monkeys was talking about. Ryoya and how the map was closing off and everything, and then Brax was then going to respond. I, oh, I, I was remember. talking about the strength of of how Susie was proving to be a very dominating Lushrak and how it's a powerful tool to let. Thank you, monkeys, or, or to, to have good teams like Quincy be first phase banning it when it production was ty typically a fairly irrelevant hero before that. And Brax, yeah. what were, was what was your elegant response going to be? I was just going to say, I thought that we were like uh, ahead of the meta yeah. and Quincy didn't really have a chance to learn and grow because they've won the same. They've won like the last eight or so, however many online tournaments there have been, yep, except seven or eight. the Zoomers one, right? Yeah. 
uh, it was like EG, then Zoomers, and then Quincy won everything after that. Yeah. But um, they really didn't have a chance to grow because when you're that team that has won for so long, like, why would you sit and adapt and look at someone else's instead of just keeping true to what has been winning uh, for you the entire time? Yeah. So they're in a really difficult position to actually adapt and grow. And if you actually look at our team's uh, growth in the beginning, like, it's completely different. And there's actually, like, uh, major, major growth in the middle of the tournament. So that was, like, our, our big advantage. Can I just say, this is? I hope this doesn't come off as making this about me, that I feel like after a long... Yeah, so after a long patch, it is insane to me that the amount of, like, viable heroes can still shift after, like, five months or something, right? I don't think anyone's really been picking Leshrac or Sand King this entire time. And I just, I think it's coincidence. Maybe, uh, maybe I subliminal, like, uh, subconsciously copied you, but I was spamming Leshrac and Sand King in pubs. The Sand King I definitely copied from you, but I was spamming Leshrac offlane. I'm like, wow, this hero feels broken. Like, what the hell? And then I, I didn't really get to establish that yet in my head. Like, I didn't know why. It was like three days prior to the summit. And I come to the summit and I felt like, I was like, these guys have been still, I, th- I was thinking the exact same thing. These guys are still adapting and like they're thinking what's good against the meta because i feel like lesh is really good against everything that's good right now like most of the carries aren't that great against it the mars is not that great against it like the pace of the game's great for it and so watching you guys pick these heroes i was really happy to see that even though it's quote-unquote stale that these are heroes that we haven't really seen at all in like six months yeah, was, I think a, a big reason for that is because there's been no international tournaments, so people don't really get to see what is truly the best. You can't really compare international teams, right? Of course, point, some, people are gonna say, some people are going to say uh, European Dota is the best. Other people will say C is the best. Other people will say China's the best. Nobody will ever say NA is the best, but that's not really the point. Here. We <laughs> no, just can't of really, course not. Of course. We just can't really compare, right? So there's nothing to really base anything off of except our own opinions and no offense to the viewers, but a lot of people actually cannot differentiate levels of skill. Like, uh, if you show someone a 2k team fight, you show someone a 5k team fight, they probably can't tell the difference, honestly. How That's, do you feel about that, chat? They're not going to like this one bit. They're going to think they know everything. And don't worry, guys. Some of you guys do know everything, but most of you don't. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Please type me, smiley face, if you are one of the people that does know everything. Thank you. As I do understand, oh. Brax, that uh, that is that is a tough thing to say, like to chap, and it's a tough thing to recognize as well. But it is the case. Like, I think the point about the international tournaments is crazy, though. I for whatever reason is right when you say it, I'm like, that's so fucking obvious. But I never even considered that. Right? What if Team Seeker won with Leshrac and Chen every single game? Then and this would be meta in every single region, right? True. If TI were to be, you know, a week ago or something. But even after TI, um, a lot of tournaments have their own meta. Like, if you notice after every TI, there is a TI meta. And then the following weeks and even sometimes months afterwards, we'll still be evolving and more counter picks for those current popular heroes will come up. Like that year uh, Team Liquid won the first time, they were the only one picking the green heroes. Necro, Pugna, and Matumba Man, especially. And uh, Viper and hero like that, heroes like that. And afterwards, Necro was the most broken hero in Dota at the time. And nobody except them really knew it at all. And then 
that's when other counters started coming out. You see Shadow Demon, Oracle, these heroes that are much less popular, but they actually do counter the heroes. So Dota just always goes in this endless cycle where X counters Y and Y counters Z, and you just keep going, and then the numbers get tweaked. But I think that's what's interesting, right? That's why we keep playing the game. Yeah, go ahead. I Marcus. remember like uh, a few years ago when I like I would say my first like you know real Dota team um, on Complexity uh, back in like. 2016 i think it was but uh z freak went, uh, I, I learned a ton from everyone on that team z freak moo kyle and uh the, the other one was either cancel cancel or Susie. didn't learn anything Your from that current. guy yeah. <laughs> cancel was a wild fella but i'm just saying you're like and the other guy it's like i remember these three and the other guy <laughs> not notable <laughs> enough well, Cancel was on the newer side as well at the time. But yeah. anyways, my point is that Z Freak, when I when I first joined that team, he 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 would always talk about how the the meta was literally just uh, it, it was just constantly cycling. Like you know, you would do death ball meta, and then some some team would go like, oh, we can split push this death ball and like be more efficient on the map because like you know, Furion got buffed or something, and then you know, split push starts taking over, and and death ball meta is kind of like, oh shit, we can't deal with the split push, so now we got to start you know picking like the Zeus to cancel TPs or the the Tinker to you know counter the split push and shit like that, and then you know it just keeps it just it just keeps cycling you know and it's just that, that really is dota unless you uh, unless you know you get like clinks buffed 16 times in a row and he just becomes the most broken hero in the game because he gets a free divine rapier at level 12 with an enchantress but you know the, those types of patches aren't too too common i feel in dota i think what's been really cool about myself like my own progression as a player has been to try to draw parallels from patch to patch because a lot of hero matchups, I never thought like this in the past because a lot of players taught me this. You know, some people, they're not important enough to remember, but some people that taught me this type of thing, right? Monkey's not important enough to... No, I'm just kidding. So they taught me to think like this, where it's like the, a lot of the hero matchups, it doesn't matter what patch it is. Maybe one hero is more broken than the others, so it doesn't work the same way, that specific patch or whatever. But I feel like you just start to notice, and it, it, it makes sense to me how these experienced captains like Puppy and... And Kuroki can be able to identify such cool drafts, even though it's an off-meta draft. It's just because they they may be pulling from some random meta back in 2017, where they remember one hero countering another. And uh, my question, segueing off of this, would be, Brax, like as a cat, as like your new experience being a captain, was this like your first opportunity? It felt like to really instill your version of the meta onto your team. Is that like what you got to do here? Well, I've I've been a captain at multiple points before. I was captain at TI4. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know you were a captain back then. Okay. Yeah, but um, it was definitely a different experience. I took the dictator route this time. I got to tell people to shut up and put them in their places. You don't practice. You don't practice. It's my way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is I'm I'm using this to my advantage right here. Any TFT uh, any TFT experience that I was able to carry over for Envy? Yeah, so uh, I told you about this. There was a Spectre game, and Envy just played a really intense TFT game, and he got first, and he ranked up, and he was super happy, and he couldn't wait to get back to play more. So he's like, all right, guys, we need to finish this game real quick. I'm going high ground. You better come with me, or I'm going to throw the game. I'm going to feed. And then as the TP started trickling in, uh, he had an Abyssal Blade on Spectre, so he haunted as the TPs were coming in, so he could uh, 
he could bash one of the following TPs halfway across the map and then Abyssal Blade the other. And we just got two free kills and we ended the game anyways. And he started ranting and raving how he's so much more tactically smart than them because he plays team fight <laughs> tactics. He saw this coming from miles away before they even <laughs> knew it was a possibility and all this shit. It's, it's great. You know, it brings a really casual, you know, jokey atmosphere. And it's, it's a nice change of pace because before it was all, everything was so serious. People hated each other. People would just constantly drag on each other all the time and it would just get so toxic there's nothing ever productive coming out of it i I really do think that's an important aspect for competing that you know it isn't really looked into that much with teams of just like you know just having a good time with each other and just you know not 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 taking yourself too seriously for you know competing in a video game and everything like like, it's so it's still supposed to be a fun experience, right? And like, I think, I think when, when you start to realize that as a as a competitive player, it it definitely it eases a lot of the pressure and stuff, you know. And it just makes you like you just want to play the game for the game rather than rather than you know you're so yep. focused on winning all the time. For sure, especially during these times when these tournaments they really don't mean anything. They're yeah, not exactly being counted towards TI or anything, but. If you lose, obviously, you're going to feel bad. But if you can try to somehow come up with some sort of thought process that eliminates this, where you don't actually care about losing your scrims, you don't actually care about losing your pubs, you're just trying to improve, and you can take every... I don't know how you do... This is like the some robot situation, where you can remove all the bad emotions and only flood yourself with the positive ones. It makes yeah. no sense at all, but... <laughs> You know, in an ideal, if that was actually possible, it would be amazing, right? And that's yeah. kind of what we're doing here somehow. I don't know how. So I, I have to believe that uh, if you remove, if I were to Photoshop me out of this podcast overlay right now, we'd have two of the most like PMA Dota players in all of the NA region. And I think you guys both <laughs> do it in different ways, right? I think Monkeys is more of like a jokester, more of like a, like crazy dives. He's just laughing his ass off the whole time. While Brax is the guy that no matter what's going wrong, you know, he'll you'll lose a team fight five for zero. Maybe you miss the initiation. Maybe something happens and you'll just type or you'll use the voice chat. Whoops. You know, you're just the, <laughs> you're the guy just that just doesn't respond to anything. I feel like it's not good or bad. Like meaning your response, there's no response at all. And you were talking about how like you, you kind of avoid the negative emotions, look to flood in the good ones. How is that like a trained thing you did? Is that just naturally who you are? What, what so- advice would you give to people on that one? If I were to equate this to real life, I would be the clown doing kids' parties. <laughs> my life is completely fucking hopeless. I have no aspirations to move forward in my life. This is all I got, you know? And I may as well make these kids have a good experience. <laughs> great, great analogy, Matt. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that was better than any answer I could have uh, possibly formulated or imagined you giving me. I've always enjoyed your personality, Brax. You're one of the few people in NA that I've never been mad at at a single moment in pubs. You're the kind of guy where, like, I want to be mad at you, and then I remember that, like, I, I you just don't deserve it, you know? You just never deserve anyone to be mad at you, so I always, like... We, I appreciate you people like you and your pu- in my pubs, and I'll just say that uh, 
as a brief sellout, what's your Twitch username exactly? I believe it's Braxton911. Yeah, and people always ask what the 911 is, and I just, honestly, I made it when I was like a kid, 10 years old. I, I just needed some random numbers, but I tell people I need an ambulance because my gameplay is so bad. <laughs> and then they usually stop asking after that. Dude, you know what? Okay, that is a that's a, that is an interesting s- small tidbit here, is that I love coming up with answers to questions that I know will just make people not ask that question ever again. So I like that. You, you, you stop the conversation right there. There's no, how do they go? How do, where do they go from there, Brax? Where do they 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 go from there? They don't know whether to take it seriously or not. They actually just don't know what to do. So they ignore it entirely to avoid any sort of awkward (laughs) next step. So it's, it's pretty good. That does sound like a good solution to not having to deal with. You have any examples of that yourself, monkeys? Uh, No, not really. I, I mean, at least for my stream, like, you know, the, the, frequently asked questions or whatever i just make a command in my in my chat that my my uh consistent viewers can just spam or whatever whenever someone asks like whoa why is your name monkeys forever and because you know, obviously i i get tired of you know repeating it as brack said so i just made a twitch command so people can hear why i made my name monkeys forever that's what you say random name generator <laughs> i got really unlucky <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that's that's really my my personal solution to dealing with. Yeah, I've I've done too. the command sometimes too. I feel like it's hard for me to ever plan ahead the responses, like the type of responses that Brax gives. But whenever I don't have one, that's my 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 default plan is Brax's plan, where I just say right. something that they can't possibly continue the conversation without being uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but the other option is to then do the to do the command. So. Uh, I I mean like like before I I think there there is a time where uh, maybe like three months ago where I was buying wraith bands on strength offlaners because they gave armor on some low armor heroes and also like attack speed so it was just overall decent item on some like certain strength offlaners and whenever I would have a wraith band chat would just be spamming the question why are you buying wraith band on a strength hero like what do you what what does this do why I don't get it like why and I'm just like read read the item description like i don't i don't know how to describe this more than you can just like read it for yourself my... it gives armor and attacks me did my... you ban the words wraith band in your chat <laughs> no uh, actually a mod of mine just made a wraith band command to to literally be like read the item he okay. buys it for armor <laughs> it's not that difficult uh, okay no. <laughs> Uh, I actually need to give a point on this one because you remember this, Monkeys. I've told this story on my stream, maybe even on this podcast before, so I'll keep it short. I learned this from uh, Ryoya back when we were on VGJ, and I asked him. He was teaching me how to lane, by the way. I I credit a lot of my learning about laning to that brief period that he taught me. And he said, I asked him, we were learning to trade back and forth, and I was going for certain denies, and I was getting punished for it. And I'm like, how do I know not to go for a deny? And he said, because it's not worth it for how much damage and region you take. Figure it out yourself. Every deny, man. Something like that, you know, like just figure it out. I'm like, when am I not supposed to go for one? And so the funny thing is you say, like, just look at the item description. So when people ask me uh, about items specifically, if I'm in like a really snarky mood, I'll say, like, say they say, you know, why'd you buy a Yasha here first? And I said, 
Well, at 10 minutes in the game, I thought the best use of 2,050 gold was to buy an item that gave me 8% movement speed, 16 agility, uh, 16 attack speed. <laughs> you know, I'll just read exactly what the item gives. And well, it's like, but the, the funny thing is, there's actually merit to that answer. Right? Because no, it's good like. If you dumb it down like that, people, it actually makes people think to like, oh, you know, this item allows me to do this. It's going to speed up my farm speed yeah. or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. You're, you're passive aggressively giving them a chance to learn. <laughs> Teach, yeah, giving guys. them the equipment to fish, not exactly. the fish. Exactly. <laughs> BSJ is going to teach you to fish. He's not going to catch these fish for you. You may be able to watch some guides out there, <laughs> one of the big ones, but you're going to have to do all the baby steps yourself. Well, I, I mean, I feel like that's just something that I try to encourage a lot because, like, people always come to my stream and are like, Monkeys Forever, what are, like, the best three offlaners? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what heroes you play. I don't know what your strengths are. Like, every player is different. Look at Europe, look at China, look at NA. You'll get different top three offlaners from all of these regions. Like, you know, everyone does their own, or everyone has their own unique twist on each of their roles. So, like, you, you really can make, I, I mean, I, I've said it before with just BSJ, but like Dota is just a game where you can make anything work as long as like you you have a, a solid like a solid idea to to begin with like a solid foundation. That's the word I was looking for, and uh, I don't know. I, I feel I feel like people really don't give themselves enough credit of just being like, oh, you know, I'm a really I, I'm like decent at micro and I play Furion. Maybe I should pick up Beastmaster because I see you know. A lot of these good offlaners like Mind Control or Lullis or or I, I think you you sometimes play Beast, don't you? Don't you, Brax? Every now and then. Yeah. So, but but I mean, like they they can definitely see these players who are like you know pretty decent at micro and just be like, oh yeah, may, maybe Beast will be a hero that suits my playstyle because I already can like kind of do micro on Furion and you know it's it's a similar concept to an extent. You know, this actually segues segues into a very important question i have to ask bsj i'm ready so bsj i've played with you at some points you know Yikes. for many years now Here we go and uh i've seen your lone druid and i've seen your lichen and, and yeah. i know you tend to shy away from these micro-based heroes uh, yeah, and the, the i also druid, noticed yeah, yeah. you know i saw you on fury on practice day still working on that stuff but this isn't a direct flame i'm just curious if you <laughs> Were to play StarCraft 2, what do you think your rank would be? Because Micro and Dota is like, you know, it's it's like it's like kindergarten compared to the real games. So I can tell you exactly what my rank would be because I did play StarCraft 2. Ooh. Are you asking what my rank would be now or what it was? Oh, what it was is fine. Yeah, I was a uh, high platinum. I almost made diamond back in back in StarCraft. <laughs> and, and you can't move a lone <laughs> druid bear. So I want to talk about this a bit, actually, because I, I what I've realized is there's a source behind every problem I've had in Dota. OK, there's always a source. I'm like, if I could ever trace it back to the source, that's usually when I can figure it out. And that one I've actually not figured out yet. So feel free to, you know, let me know what I will say, though, is that if I'm playing Nature's Prophet, what's hilarious to me is I was playing those Smurf games or I was like practicing on my alternate account after like 10 games in a row. I feel like I own. But then if I don't play the hero for three days, I suck. And I don't know why. I'm like, why is it on these micro heroes that I, I, I just have to have played them twice in the last day and I own on them? So it's like if I were to be on a competitive team, I'm like, okay, if Nature's Prophet's a micro hero in this meta, I would literally have to wake up and play a Nature's Prophet game that day 
to feel comfortable because what happens is it's sad. I actually don't know why this phenomenon occurs. Okay. I actually don't know. Let me, if you guys have any ideas, please tell me I'll fail the first two minutes and then I'll start getting these like sick denies and playing the lane perfectly or whatever. But at that point I'm already down by seven CS and I'm like, you just, you just gotta warm up. That's it. Yeah. I, I need to warm up. But like, how, like, how often do I have to fucking warm up? So like the funny thing is, is you mentioned this and it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And it <laughs> pisses me off. It pisses me off. So thanks you for uh, bringing your hockey setup. You could have blamed lag. Hey, I didn't blame anything. I took full accountability for this one because yeah, I know this it is exists. strange. I'm not sure where to go from here. Yeah, this is not you, the. You put Brax in an awkward position. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 legit. Like if I I, I tell whenever I've uh, in pubs, I tell myself not to pick these microheroes unless I've practiced them recently. And then sometimes I'll still be like, but I remember I used to be decent at liking. And then I pick it, and it's a fucking nightmare. And I'm like, in the first team fight where I was supposed to purge the guy that was Yules or something, it takes me like an extra three quarters of a second to purge it off. And I'm like, by then it's already too late, and, <laughs> and we lose the fight. I, I, I actually do have a suggestion for you, BSJ. You should try playing like a super micro-intensive hero, like, you know, Visage or Broodmother or something, where and buy like Helm of the Dominator on these heroes, right? Where like yeah. you have to you have to have like five hotkeys for like Make my brain fry, <laughs> basically. Practice, practice like no. What are you saying? Monkeys <laughs> is the kind of guy that likes to see the world burn for no, sure. No, no. I mean he's ranked twenty five Dota plus Broodmother. What do you I, I do think there's merit to what I'm saying though, because I feel like once you once you get used or, or, or if you can get used to, you know, having having five micro hockeys, six micro hockeys or something, when when you play like Furions and stuff, it, it's so it's so much more simplistic in in your head, and it's a lot easier for you to just be like, oh, okay, all I have to do is hit one, two, and maybe three for like you know, uh, separate necros or something like that. But like, it, it can it can simplify the idea of. Uh, of micro heroes for you, at least in my opinion, because like Brood was one of the first micro heroes I learned, and like I, I feel like I can play any other micro hero except Meepo. Meepo is so, the one hero that I will never touch in my life. I hate that hero with a burning passion. So all I need to do is just overload my system so much that I'm having an aneurysm by like the third game, <laughs> so that I can. Get... Honestly, it's not bad advice. I've I've considered stuff like that where like I put myself in such a high stress situation in comparison to what I would average be in at something I'm bad at. And then it does usually end up helping. So that may be something uh, I do when I was basically waiting for Nature's Prophet to be good again, because right now he's like, I feel like he's one of those heroes, him and Beastmaster, where you're either already a very good player at these heroes or it's not the hero for you kind of thing. That's what I've noticed, at least like a lot of teams don't even pick them at all. But then the teams that do pick them, pick them a decent amount. Like I, I or Beastmaster was one of the most highly contested offlaners in that final series, because both you and uh, Layla's, I would consider quite Beastmaster specialists. But before I finish that tangent, I will say, for whatever reason, I don't know if you guys have this, feel free to tell me if you do, Lone Druid is one of my three or four heroes in Dota, not micro-wise, but just whatever it is about the hero, I, I just don't understand. Oh... I just don't understand. Like I, I, like, I know in general what to expect against him, but, like, I've tried playing him, and it just never works. And it's not, like, micro-based things. Like, I'll come out of the landing stage decently or whatever, and then I know I'm like, oh, the bear's supposed to go in, my hero's supposed to be in the back, and all this shit in teamfights, and it just doesn't... Like, one plus one equals three, man. I don't, I don't know. 
No, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, because uh, Moo and Fear both play a shit ton of Lone Druid, and it's honestly a hero with zero timings. It, like, doesn't follow any Dota philosophy at all. It's totally game-dependent. Sometimes they have a million chain stuns for your bear, and it can't attack at all. Sometimes the bear is invincible. Sometimes they don't have damage to kill your main hero, and all you have to do is bait. But the hero is really not simple, like, in terms of being able to gauge your power, because you don't really have, uh, you don't have spells. You know, you actually have zero spells on the hero. You're just you're just clicking and hoping for the best. So, and do you think that that's something that happens on a lot of other heroes, or is it just Lone Druid? Or I think he's one of the very few that have very difficult timings to understand. Is there an and answer probably, to that other than just like 400 games of Lone Druid? You're just gonna have to become an expert. I don't know what else to tell you. You gotta become like a 25 master tier Lone Druid. That was the that was. <laughs> Legitimately about Lone Druid, uh, I remember I was talking about I was talking to Garter about this. Remember Garter Monkeys back uh, on I, before I VDK? Do remember, I do remember because he Garter was, he was a Lone Druid player, and at the time Lone Druid was like kind of a carry hero that people were picking, and I just couldn't play it. And I was talking about like what I needed to do, and he's like, "Yeah, Lone Druid is just one of those heroes you have to play like 150 games before you're even decent. Like you'll be decent after like 150 games." And after a couple attempts. My conclusion was, this is not worth it. <laughs> but but just think about your hero pool once you do find But I hate the hero. Game. Like, I hate playing it. <laughs> it. It isn't, like, an enjoyable hero to play. I don't know. Like, I'm the kind of guy that's like, I got this item. Let's go. Let's run at them. Like, I want to be strong on Lone Druid. It's ex- I think what Brax said is exactly what... I would like to say to word it is like the hero doesn't have timings. There's no moment where you're like, Hmm. Yeah. I feel much more powerful now than I did a minute ago. I just am constantly slightly more powerful. I think nature's profits kind of similar, except for like, uh, he does have item timings with like BKBs and stuff, but, uh, he's kind of the same. And I think I had the same struggle with enchanters offlane back when she was popular in like January, February, all these like, just chill and wait for things to naturally happen kind of heroes. They're, they were always my weak weak point, I think. Yeah, I mean, Dota's a... Uh, I don't know, I, but like, I, again, it kind of goes back to what I said. Like, I think it's silly to try to be a master of all heroes or to try to understand all heroes, like, to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, you know, with Lone Druid, you, you should still understand what the hero's capabilities are in the game, but, like, you don't have to you don't have to teach yourself every hero you don't have to love every hero you just kind of have to make each meta work in your own uh, like put put your own unique little spin on each meta and just you know just make it yours in one way or another and you know doesn't doesn't have to be too flashy you guys have heroes like that that you've had to learn that you just loathed uh mars mars for me i don't you don't like mars Mars at all i really don't (laughs) I hate oh, it. A, I hate it so much. I watch which, Brax which play it all the time. Which part of it do you hate it? Or which part it, do you hate? It, 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 I, I actually, I actually gave it. I, I gave it some thought, and well, it's a combination of spear and bulwark because basically, spear pushes them away from you, right? Like, like j- just as as a concept. And I'm someone who loves hitting heroes and chasing heroes and getting on top of heroes. So, like, I, and. So, so obviously, when you have a blink, like you know, you can use spear as kind of like some pseudo hook or whatever, and you know, spear them back into your team or you know, do something along those lines. But like, 
but but before you have these mobility items on Mars, it it, sh- it feels a lot like you're just kind of like sitting there and like just just protecting your team, and like you're just this you're just a wall basically. And and I like being I like being a zoomer, you know. I like running around. I like burrow striking into the enemy team and outplaying them and like all of this shit. And I I just. I, I just don't enjoy Mars's gameplay. I mean, I'll play the hero, don't get me wrong, but like... You know, monkeys, your problem is that you just missed the butt spear era of Mars. I, 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 start, I, I started with the butt, butt spear, spear era, Mars. and I actually was like, dude, this is actually cool. And then they took it out, and I was like, fuck this hero, I'm never touching it again. No, no. And then my team was like, all right, monkeys, you should play Mars. And I was like, all right, I guess. So. I'm willing to defer the same question to Brax here, but before... I mentioned that. So Brax and I are very on the same page here. Mars, you can blink arena, miss the spear, and sometimes you'll oh, have yeah. like all the effect you impact you need in the team fight. So you told me that you it's contrary to like the way your mind thinks that you have bulwark to you know be close to people, and then you have your spear to be away from them. Why not just miss your spears, monkeys? <laughs> oh, I do. Don't worry. <laughs> so then, what's the problem? Don't worry. <laughs> I I mean the problem is that you know I feel like missing an ability shouldn't be a a good uh a good unit of measurement of <laughs> why I want to play a hero. <laughs> it's a challenge, you know. Now you're like shit, I just missed 8 spears this game. Next game we need to miss less than 8. It's a win-win you know, you situation. You either get to keep them close to you or you hit the spear. I mean, I, I suppose, but like, I, I don't know. It, it's just, and then, you know, there's the whole bulwark a- aspect of like, you know, you have to pay attention to like what projectiles are going where. Like there, there's one game where I had Husky on Phoenix and I'm Mars and I just Uh-oh. like didn't hit bulwark when there's a Terrorblade attacking him. Oh, and he's just no. like, he's just like, after the team fight that we lost, he's just like, monkeys, what the fuck? Why didn't you hit bulwark? And I'm just like, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I just didn't, I didn't see it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I. I just don't. I. I just don't like the hero. It's just. Uh, it's just different from you know how I. How I kind of raised myself as an offlaner. Yeah, yeah, like like the most. The most wall heroes that I enjoy playing are like the Abaddons or Omni Knights or Underlords, right? Not the. Not the Mars. The Mars is just. Ah, get get the Mars. You out gotta of have a hero like this, Brad. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have one, man. Um. So I actually can play Meepo, but then I change my hockeys. I have a set of hockeys for quick cast and a set of hockeys for regular cast. And ever since I changed to that, I didn't have enough controllers to play Meepo. I have like 75 Meepo games or something, but I haven't played it in like seven years. So I guess oh, it's yeah. Meepo. You, there's no like, I don't want to say like normal hero, but like not a Meepo hero. You know what I mean? I mean, I've definitely, I've played all the heroes at some point. You know, in Dota 1, like, everyone just randomed. That was just how you played the game. (laughs) You'd have Sven and Anti-Mage in the same lane, and that would just be normal. You're not flaming. You're just just playing the game. You'd you'd have two mid laners. (laughs) Anti-Mage is taking some creeps. You're you're Sharon. Sharon is Karen. (laughs) When you play competitive in Dota 1, like, uh, your drafter would first pick Shadowfiend, and then your entire team would type Roll 100. And whoever got the highest roll got to play Shadowfiend for that tournament. Like, that's just how it was. Every team had five Shadowfiend players and five Murata players. And then, like, three Sand King players, four Lena players, two Leshrag players. That's just how it was. So, like... What is your favorite hero, then? If you, you said you don't have, like, a hero you can't play or don't like playing. What is your favorite, like, of all time? Uh, my favorite is Pangolier, but I don't win with him ever, so... 
I guess. Sad. I guess it's still Pangler. I I do I I would just want to say I do remember the Dota one days where or like how Murana was actually just the biggest thing and yeah. I, I I remember my I played like a scrim with like some team or whatever or some pseudo team it wasn't a real team but they were just kind of like practicing just for the sake of practicing on a uh, Garena or I forget how you pronounce it but uh they um the, the the captain or whatever he he picked me Murana and I was positioned position for Murana, I believe, and I I never threw an arrow because I was so afraid of missing an arrow like in Uh-oh. front of these players that I that I like respected or whatever. And twenty minutes into the game, he would he I'll, I'll never forget it. He just he very calmly just went, Monkeys, you just gotta throw arrows. I don't care if they hit, I don't care if they miss. You just gotta use your ability, man, and you know, just work we'll, we'll work it out from there. And I'm like all right, you know, I can do that. And from that point on, whether it's like, you know, Pudge, Mars, uh, Marana, doesn't matter. I just, I throw skill shots now just for the sake of throwing them because, you know, you never know what you might catch. Just got to throw it out there. Yeah. So on that topic, is Mars Spear the hardest skill shot to hit? It's what do you really, guys think? It's really difficult to me because it's, uh, the hitbox is like surprisingly small on the spear. So it's like really thin. Yeah. So, I but like so, something I focus a lot on when I'm when I'm using or when I'm throwing spear is like I'm focused on the tree that I'm trying to hit and like rather than the hero hitbox so I'm like trying to thread the spear mm. so like it, it will barely graze their hitbox into the tree because like I have I seen see. good Mars players do that where like they throw a spear and like it literally shifts the hero over into the spear and get hits hit by and like into the tree right but like it yeah. is really difficult to do that. Like, it's really, really hard. There's some places on the map where you think it's going to hit, and it doesn't hit. Like, yeah. Roshan, Roshan has walls around it, right? But only the very back wall counts as a wall. Oh, really? And there's trees around the other parts of the wall. So that you can will hit the count, trees. yes. There's gaps. And then on the in the dire jungle, there are stones. There's just these random stones in the jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the radiant side, there's crystals, but the crystals are low ground, so you can actually spear people to those. Oh, really? There's all these weird random things. Um, one of the, you can spear through one of the the high grounds too. I think you can spear through dire high ground from from the bottom part, like under the ramp. Uh huh. That's like Dota goes- for you. That's Dota. For sure. Yeah, like, in- inconsistencies. Valve no <laughs> made all this shit up. Gavin's never played a game of Dota before. He probably actually. Oh, that's not true. He probably played one or two games. Got flamed by the bots. They were too toxic, and then he was done. Off to Half Life and VR or whatever the fuck they're doing now. I don't blame him. It's probably way more fun than Dota, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I see my chat flaming me about all my missed skill shots, but that's the benefit of Mars. I will say that with the arena still having impact, I will say, though, Brax, I can't fathom how you ever land a single spear from California. Oh, that's right. I'm an 85 ping player. Yeah, that is, to me, the fact that you are like a top... You and Layla's defy the rules of ping. Is there anyone else in top MMRs that's like high ping? Like well, really all, the, all the Peruvian players and okay. Brazilians and South Americans, right? Okay, that's just crazy to me. Is there any other NA player that's on high ping? Isn't everyone else East Coast? Or at least like middle? So they're Here like is West Coast. And that's about it. 
<laughs> it's crazy. Like, uh, I realized that at some point, I'm like, I remember when I learned that you were in Arizona, I was just so shocked to know that any single Dota player lived in Arizona. Obviously, you aren't anymore. You've already abandoned us. But uh, <laughs> once, if I up and leave, it will only be Suns fan. He will be the only remaining Dota person that's in uh, that's in Arizona. That's weird to... It's weird to think. Yeah, he's done with Dota anyways. He just plays Valorant. <laughs> yeah, somebody in the comment section of like the the threaded the threaded thread was said it was so courageous of them or ballsy of them to get a Valorant caster for the event. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> there were some solid memes in that one. But uh okay, I've asked all the questions I have for the day. Do you have any do you have any questions for our boy Brax here, Monkeys? Uh, no, not really. Just again, congrats on winning the summit, man. I like it. It, it really is awesome that a new team has has finally dethroned Quincy Crew. So, yeah, thank uh, God, right? It's time. <laughs> it really is. It was I, I mean, real stale. Don't don't get me wrong. I I, I love all of the all of the boys on Quincy Crew, but uh, it it definitely. I, I feel like it it you know encourages everyone in the region to you know try harder and be like all right all right this is doable right like we we can we can beat quincy the gap is not as big as people think and that even stems to every tournament i've been to internationally to you lose by like one game defining moments where on a different day you would have played that situation better or made the better choices yeah but um yeah i feel the same way like watching quincy crew I like the guys and everything. I have no issues with any of them. Um, but I don't like watching them win. It's just boring. Like, <laughs> you go into this tournament, you're like, all right, are they going to win 3-0 or 3-1? Is this going to be a two-and-a-half-hour series? What's going on here? Like, it's it's just fucking boring. Yeah, exactly. It's like when Team Secret loses, they could lose to anyone, and I'd be so fucking happy. Yeah. Just because something new is happening. Yeah. No, well, I mean, hell, when uh, Liquid won, what was it, ESL won Germany, I think yeah. it was? Like, I mean, dude, I was so hyped for them. I was just like, dude, this team's been, been together for three years now, or I'm almost three and a half, I think. But, like, they, they, they've been sticking it out, and they, they've gone through, or they're on their second organization right now together, and it's just, like, it's so cool to see them see them be the ones that, you know, dethrone Secret in Europe. It's just it's just yeah. awesome to see. You know, Dota lacks a lot of storylines compared to other games, so it's really nice to be able to follow the same group of people and yeah. really just see their journey and their growth as... You know, not only just uh, Dota players, but also as people. Yeah. Every now and then, you know, they have their their moments with their media and stuff where you actually get to see and know a bit about the players. I think that stuff is cool. Yeah. And Dota great. doesn't really do enough about it because uh, everything is based around the prize pools. And honestly, that sucks. Yeah. It sucks for the viewers. And it, it does suck for the players because of the ecosystem it creates. But, like, uh, if you look at any other game, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but this is something I've noticed over the years. When you look at other games, other esports, there are so many more content creators. There are a shit ton yeah, yeah, yeah. of I, content I, creators. Absolutely. I've said this time and time again. I I think if you want uh, – this could be like a whole other episode of the podcast, Brax, but I'll give my TLDR. I was actually made fun of a lot back in like five years ago just for being a streamer. Like within the group of – like they don't make fun of you on your yeah. stream itself – yeah, but they'll be yeah, like, sure. yeah, you're so cool being a streamer. It's like, <laughs> what? It's like trying to make a living here, guys. You know, uh, for whatever reason, that was considered like the try trying to be a nerd in school or something was the equivalent of being a content creator. 
I think the whole idea is you raising your hand in class. getting Yeah, exactly. It makes no sense. (laughs) Exactly. And the funny thing is our last podcast episode, albeit it was with a guest, at least was with crit. And he talked about how he's like, I don't know why players, more players don't, don't stream, don't do things that create fan bases. Basically, like you said, like I, I I mentioned it um, being a problem where there's certain teams you like they win and 90% of the people watching they go yeah who are those people like yeah very true what does that guy look like you know like i don't i don't know anything about that guy so i i i think it's really cool uh that a lot more people at least in the na region in the last few years it's becoming it's slowly growing it might be too little too late but uh even players like yourself, have you've been consistently streaming. You know, Monkeys was a streamer, and now he's abandoned all of us. But, no, no, no. Uh, I, 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 I'm on, on the. I know I'm coming back. I got I got yelled at by my team to play more pubs, so I'll, I'll be streaming more consistently again. Oh, you guys hear that? You guys hear that? Just make sure if you have a choice, you still watch me, guys. You guys that are you no, know, of course, of course, I, I would never want to take BSJ viewers. Please, yeah, but. please. It's not because you are trying to be nice to let me keep my viewers. It's because nobody ever wants these viewers. No, nobody. <laughs> Do you guys have to keep overlapping viewers? Oh, uh, I think ours was pretty decent. Yeah, it, it, there's the statistic for that on Twitch. I think yeah, ours that, was like I, I think, I think the last time I saw it, uh, BSA and I had like a forty percent overlap or something. It's so. pretty large, yeah. 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 So monkeys just you know streaming the early morning or something. You know. It's... Yeah, you guys got to take shifts so you can host <laughs> each other and just keep I, it going. I, I I actually have done a couple like uh, ten a.m. streams. So I, I I mean I I like streaming in the morning way more than at night. It's just the all the good quality. players play at night, so it's like. We need to start uh, yeah, a petition. <laughs> start a petition for 10 a.m. Dota, man. I, 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 dude, I would love it if people played early morning Dota. Like, I, I would hop on at 10 a.m. every morning if people wanted to play. And this and, is what I've know. noticed. Is like, so NA has all the degenerates. There, you can't actually play high MR Dota until like five Eastern at least. Yeah. And then if and you go to e- Europe, even even that can even be that, a bit it's, catch. it's pretty sketchy. Like, that's, yeah. that's you're gambling out there. You might have some items falling out of people's inventories <laughs> at that hour. Falling. <laughs> then, <laughs> then you play Europe. Dude, you can play Europe at 9 a.m. You can yep. play Europe at 10 a.m. And the game quality is good. Yeah. It's just so strange. And then yeah. you go to C and you don't play past midnight. And some people are at the, you know, all the 15-year-olds at the internet cafes and shit. You don't want to <laughs> play. They got, they it's got... bad. <laughs> but, I, I mean, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I, I mean... I don't know. I, I've definitely been trying to value having like a semi-normalized sleep schedule as of late. So you know, trying to stay up until three or four a.m. every night playing pubs just like isn't as uh, appealing to me nowadays. But mm-hmm. um, but I mean, again, like that's just that's when everyone plays, or, or, or rather, that's when our twi- our, our teasy plays at least. And you know, if you want to if you want to play with the cool kids like our teasy, gotta isn't gotta it play crazy the pool? Night. That like someone like when Arteezy pubs the whole server pubs. Yeah, everyone <laughs> there's like five games going at the same time. It's actually ridiculous. I will it's, say that like I'm so shocked at this point that not some I don't want to say like a union, but some sort of even minimal communication and coordination on better queue times, like for people. Like when like meaning like not to be at one AM, two AM to be at like, why can't the window be, like, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., you know? Like, why? 
because we're all degenerate. This is the North American <laughs> way. I'm saying that if like people like I, I swear if the top ten players made a collaboration to do that, it would work. Do you agree, Brax? Yeah, of course. I definitely think that these people have a lot of power. What rank are you right now, Brax? I think I'm 11. So you're no, you're good. You're, <laughs> so, you're not so to blame. Brad, Brax is not in. in you're there. not to blame here. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. You good know, save, Brax. <laughs> I actually have a question for you guys. This is not Dota related at all. So if I'm pulling a Jenkins and I'm derailing super hard, you can stop me at any point. I I will that not is a take Jenkins play. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You guys have any workout tips? It actually took me a. I used to work out religiously when I played sports in high school, but then once I stopped, I stopped working out too. And it took me a pandemic to actually start working out again. That's the kind of motivation <laughs> I needed to get my life in shape. Isn't that fucking sad? But anyway, it's like... When you say tips, you mean like specific workouts or like lifestyle tips or... Uh, so I'm interested in running. I don't know how much you guys know about running, but like I, uh, running... Well, I did a lot of running, but then I hurt my knees, so... I see. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Like, how am I supposed to not hurt my knees or anything like that after a while uh, don't play soccer yeah definitely don't do sports <laughs> i learned that one um i mean the biggest thing for me is that uh pretty much the whole body is linked so like uh, and it's really important to listen to yourself so like i know this sounds stupid but it's like if your back is hurting it's usually not your back like it's usually not something you're doing with your back you're usually not flexing your abs enough you're usually like maybe you act it could actually be like foot inserts that you need um, but the point is though, is that when it comes to like getting injured with running or any other workout, um, it's really important to constantly monitor yourself because if you, if you let pain in the words of Jenkins fester, like you just let it stay for like a month or two, it, it becomes like un intolerable, unmanageable. And then like at that point you're going to like physical therapy or you're just so demotivated to even fix it in the first place. So you don't even want to work out anymore. So when right. it comes to like not getting injured, I highly recommend taking it very slow and also like if back's hurting, a simple Google search will help you a lot. You know, internet research is not all bad as we all say it is, but uh, it is a lot about like, like for instance, for me, Collie's helped me a lot. You know, she, you know, she has a good head on her shoulders. I was having back pains and she made sure she's like, you need to do more ab workouts. You need to focus on your abs. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then I started doing that. Um, and also I've had issues like having too heavy a steps, you know, where like somebody pointed out to me, my foots were, my feet were too, like I was stepping too hard on the ground. And if I ran a mile doing that consistently, then suddenly my, my hips and lower back would hurt. So it's like the body's complicated, but my tips yeah. would be to, to really pay it, to listen to it. Cause it does communicate very well what is hurting. So, you know, so I, I used to have arm pain, uh, a while, like, like for, probably for like two years, like six years back. And the way, like the problems are in my shoulders. Like it yeah. just didn't, yep. you know, I, I would have had no idea, but then I talked to someone who could actually help me. And when I started stretching properly and really trying to take care of it, it, that was it. It was actually simple. It takes time obviously, but to put yourself through that for so long is so, so strange. Like you just don't know any better. Yeah. But um, okay, this isn't related to what you just said, but it reminds me of something. It's like, uh, you know how parents are. They're they're protective. They just want the best for their kids. But like, my mom's not the most. My mom's not the smartest individual. She's she's very loving, of course. But like, she's the type of person that says, if you're cold, 
you should have eaten more vegetables. If you're sick, you should have eaten more vegetables. If you can't sleep at night, you should have eaten more vegetables. If you don't have any friends in school, you should have eaten more vegetables. What would she tell Jubei, who's literally never consumed a vegetable? Uh, the too way too vile things for this stream. I'm sorry. My mom's insane. Um. To go back to your your like motivation question though, I, I I'm very similar to you, Brax. Like I I'm not very motivated when I'm just like you know on my own or whatever. But like yeah. so, something I I noticed uh, <clears throat> was that if I if I have like a friend or something to to actually do things with or, or like you know to go rock climbing with or to you know go for a run with or go to the gym. I gotta with rent whatever, some of those, I guess. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, I feel like. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there. Just, just, just find one, Brax. Just one workout friend, and you know, it, it, it genuinely can help you go. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that that's something that that has helped me stay motivated. You know, throughout yeah. the last the last year or so, is just you know having having someone else to be like, oh yeah, we can do this together. We can go through this torturous shit together and you know <laughs> it does help to do things in the middle of your stream or in the middle of dota games i think the most toxic thing for the health of dota players right now in the na region at least is that people just fucking chain queue man i hate it because if i mm. if i if yep. i don't if i if i don't instantly queue i don't get into that game i wish there was like some mutual you know contract that we'd all wait three minutes after a game or whatever but like even at the event uh you know, I, I, I've been trying to push myself to do push-ups between games. And, you know, even Jenkins was like, yeah, I'm on that train. Let's go. So, like, Jenkins and I would do it. And, like, there'd be times where I'm, like, dead as shit. And Jenkins is like, push-up time, BSJ. And then, uh, like, that kind of stuff can be really helpful. But, like, uh, I think not working out and these, like, negative habits we have are... A, people think of it as, like, some fancy shit, right? I really think it's just... The complacence, like, consistent complacency. Does that make sense? It's like, there's times where you could have done a little bit of effort towards it, and you don't. And then by the time you want to do effort towards it, you know in order to do the appropriate amount of effort, you would need to do a shit ton of effort. So it's like, if I do push-ups throughout the course of my stream randomly, or like random little workouts here and there, like even like a small run in the morning... If I just go weightlift for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, 20 minutes and get like three or four sets in, that is an that is a solid workout like for the day. Like that's plenty of physical activity. So I just want to tell you like it's uh, at least for me when I struggled to get back into shape, it was always because I thought to myself, I have to go to the gym for an hour. I have to go to the gym for an hour and a half. And that to me, like the sheer thought of going for like an hour and a half was like so off-putting that I wouldn't even go in the first place. Right, it's a big block of time. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the advice my dad gave to me when I was in high school because he was a competitive swimmer in uh, college. He, he, he always told me, the hardest part of going to the gym is the two minutes it takes you to get into the car. But once you're there... It's done. You're, you're, you've already right. committed the time, totally right? Like, true. like you, you just you just got to get to the car. And then, you know, after that, you, you know, you, you basically already done the workout because like you're going to commit to it once you're already in the car. I never make it there. I end up at Krispy Kreme every time. <laughs> <laughs> you need to find a gym where there's no donut shops within a quarter mile or a mile radius, depending on how far you're traveling to the to the gym. That's an important aspect. Uh, <laughs> that's funny as fuck. Um, I do think we should wrap it up, though. Most of the time, we try to keep the episodes like 45 minutes, but this has been a really good conversation, so it's gone 
over an hour, which is perfectly fine, Brax, even though you said you were worried about uh, derailing us entirely. Um, I personally love the conversation. We'd love to have you on again sometime in the future, but uh, I'd like to re reiterate, congratulations, man. It was really fun to watch you guys play. Uh, the win, I'm sure it felt pretty good. You know, but you never actually said what's your celebration. <laughs> that what's your what's your celebration? What what what's moving forward for Brax coming up uh, here? Celebration? What did I? I played one night werewolf with you clowns, yeah. and then uh, that. Oh, I had Chipotle today. That was my celebration. Wow! So just another day. Chipotle is great. I haven't had it in like four months, but Chipotle is great. I can get behind that. Standard life of a Dota player. That's uh, that's how we celebrate a. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing we can get to a land win, at least during these uh, during these times. So from last to first. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Brax. Always nice yep, to talk congrats, to you, Marcus. And uh, yep. I'm sure I'll see you guys around. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Take care. Bye bye. Have a good night, guys.